Hey there, and welcome back to Fire and Soul, the space to deepen your inner awakening and activate your highest expression. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow, and today's guest is a returning favorite and one of my uh, most beloved souls on the planet, Danielle Laporte. Many of you are familiar with her, but if you're not as aware, I, I will read her bio and then I want to share some highlights um, from our conversation that was just really beautiful. Daniela Port is the creator of the Heart-Centered Membership and the Heart-Centered Leadership Program with 400 plus leaders in 30 countries hosting conversation circles, retreats, and workshops in all kinds of communities and businesses. She's a member of Oprah Supersoul 100 and the former director of a future studies think tank in DC, where she managed a team creating global scenario plans. She now speaks about the intelligence of the heart. Her most recent book, How to Be Loving, When Your Heart is Breaking Open and the World is Waking Up, is on audio, uh, ebook, and it also has a companion journal, plus a really cool um, card deck that I use all the time. Danielle is also the author of The Firestarter Sessions, White Hot Truth, and The Desire Map, and producer of dozens of meditation kits and online programs for spiritual support. We even talk about some of that here. She also has a fantastic podcast that that uh, frequently ranks in the top 10 of wellness podcasts called With Love, Danielle. I don't know why I just said comma, but I'm looking at it and I'm just, I love her podcast. And, um, in this conversation, you know, the title, uh, let go and see what, or how to let go and see what remains. This was spawned from not only so much of what she teaches and riffs on all the time in her various different capacities, right? Whether it's online or her audio, she's got so much free stuff on her website. I'm definitely going to encourage you to head on over to daniellaport.com. You can feast on so many beautiful, uh, yeah, free resources to tap you right into whatever you need most in any particular area of life. Um, this conversation is really deep, really honest, vulnerable, and transparent. That's the way she rolls. And it's what I, where I love to meet. It's right in the heart. And so we definitely speak to a really beautiful moment in her life. That's super fresh called. She just got engaged to the love of her life. Uh, will, and, uh, she's also in the midst of so much transformation and a lot of new that's emerging. And that's, that's really what spawned, I think the opening of this conversation for me, you know, I was looking at the downloads, this, this, this podcast fire and soul is growing significantly. And so if you're new, I want to say welcome to the soul fam, but, uh, I was looking at the downloads and it was like, wow, you really, really loved that conversation with Kyle Cease as much as I did. It was one of my favorite conversations I've ever had on the show. And the title of that is what's trying to emerge in your life right now. And then I was taking a look at the, the second highest, which is, you know, how to awaken to your true abundance, your abundance and true wealth with Belinda Womack, who, as you know, is my spiritual teacher, her and the 12 archangels right now. And, uh, and so looking at that and really feeling into where you are as a listener and where you are in your journey and where I know we all are as a collective, um, it really felt good to, to just, have a deeper dive around the courage um, and the honesty and the willingness of, of what we must be willing to look at in order to let go and, and yeah, see what remains, see what sticks. Uh, inside of that, we then move into her own dark night of the soul. And that's not a term that either of us throws around lightly. Uh, there's so much reverence for that experience. And um, 
you know, mine. Well, anyway, we share a lot about that here. So I'm not going to go into the details in this moment. Uh, you're going to hear a lot about it and hers. And, uh, and then that, that leads us to really being able to experience something that she talks about a lot, which is radiance being the gift that suffering brings. And then what we learn ultimately is that there is no, no real suffering once we can see that life truly is in divine order. Um, and then we wrap on a whole deep dive on how to really have reverence. If you want to connect deeply with your own personal heart centered uh, altar and, and really her teachings are how I learned to develop and cultivate a true richness and connection with mine. And that and so much more is happening in this conversation. So you are in for a true gift. I love Danielle Laporte. I love her heart. I love her mind. I love her vision. And, um, and I believe you are going to fall in love with this one as much as I, uh, had been in the midst of the conversation. So without further ado, my friends, please enjoy how to let go and see what remains with Danielle Laporte. Ah, oh, feels so good to have you back. Welcome, Danielle. Back to Fire and Soul. Back to Fire and Soul. What else is there? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Tell me about it. You know, it's been like three and a half years since uh, you've been on the show, but I want to say we did record one <laughs> um, many months ago when I was in a relationship that I thought would go the distance, but it was exactly as it was meant to. And I was like, you know what, would you mind? And I love, I love that you said yes. And you were flexible because now we are here in a whole new season of your life. Mm-hmm. So we have lots to fill in, but first mm-hmm. I just want to say congratulations on getting engaged to Will. Thank you. Yep. Super fresh. Thank you. I know. So fresh, like five days fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Not even. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you want to share any of like the highlights of what that moment was like? (laughs) The highlights is is that he asked, like I held out for, there were so many times I just look at him and be like, ask me to marry you. Ask me, ask me now. (laughs) Or I thought I'll just be all liberated and just say, let's get married. Come on. And I just like, no, no, like proud of you. That's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, one thing I know about Will is he (laughs) always comes through, even if we're dancing on a different track, dude shows up and it was really important for me, not for him to prove himself, but just to just be like, be patient, Danielle, trust the timing, trust Mm -hmm. the timing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it made it's great astrological timing prior to that, like really just a week prior would not have been as easy as flowy. It's been like, you know, Venus retrograde and all this cleansing and scraping the bottom of the barrel of your issue stuff, which we did and, you know, we'll continue to do, but yeah, it's great. I, I, I'm yeah. Love. <laughs> and I feel so especially, um, moved by everything you just shared because I had the privilege of meeting him in person and you had a small gathering in LA and we happened to be at the same end of that dinner table. And I asked him in his words, what was it like meeting you? And to get to hear, he, he held court for a good 45 minutes. Did (laughs) So deeply moving. And I was like, okay, I totally get it. I, the whole thing came together, right? Cause I didn't know him snippets here and there on, there on social, but I was like, man, this is, this is beautiful. I'm getting the full body chills. Just remembering that moment because I remember him saying, I don't know if anyone's asked me, remember Mm -hmm. that? And Mm -hmm. so he got to share his version and 
And you were like a young woman in love with him. You know, your energy, that's what I was so moved by. And I didn't expect to talk about this at all with you right now, but didn't expect you to be engaged, neither did you. Um, but I remember being so moved by how uh, molded and integrated the two of you were energetically, right? And then of course, physically. And I was so inspired by that, uh, deeply, deeply inspired. But also even when he was holding court, like you, Miss Queen, everything, right? Just so full in, in your power, um, let him, you know, gave him that grace, but just held like the physical interaction was what was so intoxicatingly inspiring for me. So I want to reflect that too, because I don't think I've mentioned that. It was, it was a beautiful, uh, energetic to witness. Mm, mm, thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I'm just stoked for you. Mm. Stoked. Which brings me to then where I want to pivot, which is, you know, you've written a lot about, you know, how to let go, not really the how so much these days, but the letting go and seeing what remains. And I love that because there's a lot of, I think, well, I know for sure a lot of listeners of Fire and Soul are like, they want to dream, they want to hope, they want to have vision, but they don't necessarily know how with the world falling apart. Mm -hmm. And I've witnessed your journey and you've shared about your journey these past many years. And so I just will pause there, whatever might want to come through of just opening the conversation around how to begin to get curious or connected to that, that space of how do you hope, you know, how do you dream? How do you vision in these times that we are all feeling so, so deeply? Mm. One, I think we stop trying to hold things together. Like they have to fall apart. I mean, even in our own lives, we know, like we thought, oh my gosh, this is falling apart. And then you get to the other side and you, this is so cliche to say now, but it's like, well, that was happening for me, not to me. Thank goodness that fell apart. Now I know more who I truly am and something bigger, better, brighter, truer can come in. Mm -hmm. And if that works on like the micro level of our lives, that has got to be what's going on on a planetary scale. Mm -hmm. So all of this is necessary crazy unpleasant mm. um sometimes terrifying yes and i make it my it's actually like a spiritual practice i have now to have beautiful visions of the future mm. that's my actual term for it mm. i gotta have you know sometimes i say it just like i gotta affirm it for myself it's like okay danielle beautiful visions of the future mm. because not having beautiful visions of the future is anxiety inducing. Mm. And we all know, I mean, anybody listening to fire and soul, it's just, I mean, we get the basics of manifesting. Yeah. You, you step into your, your visions, those visions create thoughts and behaviors and they're magnetic and all of that. And um, I'm really down with, this has been the last couple of years, really down with the, the word, the concept, the practice of antidote. Mm -hmm. And like, I want to be the antidote mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, you know, like just having spent the week in New York where it's just so chaotic and it's all sorts of amazing things, but it is filthy mm -hmm. and loud and really hard on one's nervous system. Yeah. And I just like decided I will be the organization in this chaos. Mm. I don't have to leave this chaos to regulate my nervous system. Beautiful. I'm going to be centered, even if I don't have time to meditate in the morning because I'm jet lagged and I got to go to the thing and thing. 
And that is pretty much my practice now. Beautiful visions of the future. I will be the light wherever I go. Mm, yeah, I love that. And your podcast that came out this morning, I binged it twice. Um, and as I speak in real time, we're October 4th. So I don't remember the title, but it was all around spiritual bypassing, spiritual glamour, um, and a whole bunch of topics that were so good. And, um, and you speak to that, right, around even what spirituality means. So how do we be the light? It's like looking at spirituality. I know you know what you said because you've written about it, but can we just integrate that piece right now for anyone who's curious? But how do I be the light in, in the midst of chaos? It's actually really Jungian. Carl Jung, the psychotherapist, where you get in the dark, you get in the dark night of the soul, and you're looking, 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 oh my God, we're so panicked, we're in hell, and who's got the answer and the guru and the 12 steps, and you just want to get out of pain. And you realize, it's so poetic, but like you realize that you're the light. What does that even mean? <laughs> it means like, well, you actually have the answer. Yeah. I think you're the most lost. Like, you know how to get out of this. You know how you got into it. You know what's going to be nourishing. You know what makes you happy. Mm. And you have the strength and you realize, well, I'm the flashlight in this shit show. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I forgot the question, but yeah. It's okay. I was reflecting on something else, which is that, which is like, okay, what if I don't really know how to be spiritual or I'm allergic, right? Because it's such a loaded term and it's so misused or overly used or whatever. But oh, you yeah. said spirituality is thinking with love or as love? Thinking with love. And then you realize you are love. Yeah. I think it's undefinable, undefinable or indefinable, whatever the grammar is. <laughs> you can't wrap your head around it, but it's a practice, like a spiritual practice, a spiritual life yeah. is I am going to think loving thoughts mm. and that will help me behave lovingly and, and have loving speech. And that will create a more loving reality, more loving life relationship and a more loving world. Mm -hmm. And so that's my job. That's my job. Cleanse my mind. Mm -hmm. try not to focus on it too much, but see the weeds in my thinking. What's mm -hmm. the gnarly stuff? What's the, you know, in psych terms, what are the incorrect thoughts mm -hmm. in meta terms? We'd say, what are the low vibe thoughts or the heavy thoughts? And then I'm going to use my free will because I'm a grown up and I can do that to think higher vibration thoughts and have a better life, a better life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the midst of the chaos, which is kind of like what Ram Dass always talks about, uh, you know, be in the midst of the cosmos and the chaos. That's it right now for me is being aware that I can have that equanimity at all times. But okay. you, more than just about anyone I've witnessed from afar, um, have really embodied that. You know, you've spoken very openly and honestly about your dark night of the soul. And I mean, I don't know if you want to share anything on that. I'm going through mine. I'm two years, two and a half years in. I guess it's turned into some sort of an awakening. That's how it feels. I don't know what that means. It's not special. It's fucking terrifying. It's deconstructing. It's dismantling. It's beautiful. It's exhilarating. It's all of it, right? Um, but and yet you podcast. <laughs> well, I podcast, actually, this is where I can be most honest about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, because I'm finding that we are lights are finding one another in the midst of our individual deconstructions where we are actually emerging as our most authentic selves. But in any given day, we don't really know that, but it's like, okay, I'm doing the best I can, which is something else that you talk about. I think you just sent an email. I, I love your content. I devour your content. It's always soul food. 
But it, when I read that, I think it was yesterday, I was going through something gnarly yet again, another relationship thing, right? And, um, and you were like, this is it, this is it. And it was like, I'm doing the best I can. And that has everything to do with even having the audacity to have vision, you know, mm -hmm. in, in terms of how you've helped me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The thing with I'm doing the best I can, which I say is the most spiritual, enlightened thing I can say to myself, I'm doing my best. That's right. You have to be declaring that from your heart and not from your ego and your wounded self. So like the wounded self will say, it's it's kind of rebellious. It's a little kind of got a little screw you tone to the world. It's like, I'm doing the best I can. It's yes. like, trying to get off me, back off. It's very kind of divisive. Whereas, you know, the loving tone, your, you as the mother of your reality will say, you know, I'm actually doing my best. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Even if you're a couch potato, that is the best you got at that moment. Could be better five minutes from now. You can always be asking yourself, okay, that was my best I had. Could it be better tomorrow, tonight? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, totally. So for me in that moment of reading it, maybe it was social. I can't remember exactly. Um, I'm doing my best and having come off of read an e reading an email that was definitely accusing me not just to take it really personal for a moment. And I really reflected. I mean, if there's anything I've learned these past two and a half years, own my part, right? Like see it from all angles and love, let go, integrate, forgive, see everyone in their innocence and love. And mm -hmm. so as I, I was doing that, I was like, I can do that for her, but how about me, you know? Mm -hmm. And that was the interesting part. And it was like, and it was, you know, it was like, I really am doing my best. My best today might not be my best tomorrow, but right now, right? Like, and there's other moments when I'm like, I wasn't my best, <laughs> you know? And, and so learning those distinctions are, are really important. They're essential. Us seeing that we're not doing our best is us becoming more conscious. Beautiful, yeah. Because you could do the low vibe crap thing and actually celebrate yourself. You could glorify your shitty behavior. But us saying, oof, that was a little off track. That was a little left of heart centered. Totally. That's that's a that's a moment of luminosity. Yeah. Yeah. Which brings me to my all-time favorite thing you talk about. You've talked about it on your show with love. Danielle, which is your awesome podcast, which we will link to. And it's radiance is the gift that suffering brings. <laughs> Weeks, I want you to expand because nothing like hearing it from you. I will link to that particular episode, but that has been my experience of the last two and a half years. And you only know it if you've gone to the depths of what I know you're going to share about. And I think this leads to the light inside the vision that we're really threading a, you know, a theme on right now. Okay. Um, there's a beautiful quote from um, this female Eastern mystic. Her name is Ananda Maima, who said, suffering is the end of suffering. I was like, wow, there's something in there, but I need to wrap my head around it. <laughs> and I think her teaching was that, you know, once you go through it and you see how much the suffering reveals, yeah. you don't, things don't occur to you as suffering anymore or as much. Mm. It's like, this is, I'll, you know, I'll just put this in like you, 
uh, I'll choose different words for this. It's like we, instead of seeing things as suffering, we see them as this is a challenge. And then behind the challenge, you go, this is going to expand me. Doesn't mean it's not agonizing. Doesn't mean there's not stress and fear and all those things, but it's a different relationship to the hardships. That's actually resiliency. Mm. Radiance is when you get to the other side of having your ego decimated. And so, you know, in our new age space, we think we kind of have this like radiance is this shiny thing. And of course, if, you know, happiness, sweetness, it's got a shimmer to it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I think, you know, we're pushing ourselves to show up and be the bright, happy, shiny, glammy, influency person in the room. That's ego. <laughs> And you, we, we may be all those things in the room, but you can be it from a heart-centered place. Hey there, a gentle interruption with a really special invitation for you. This is a beautiful bundle exclusive to the Fire and Soul community straight from the 12 Archangels and through Belinda Womack's Spiritual School of Evolution. It's called Wealth, Recreation, and Inner Worth Transformation with the 12 Archangels, as well as their guide to creating a new financial reality. If you've experienced yourself in this loop of the financial struggle and stress and lack and scarcity, and you're ready to get out of it and get into alignment with the vibrational set point of true wealth and abundance from within so that you can experience it without... This is the program for you. And by the way, it's so much more than a course or a program. This is an experience. This is a transmission that you will feel activated by just like I did when I was going through it immediately. And I experienced instant results. Yes, in the way of money and also just an overall sense of well-being deep within my soul. And I want you to experience the same. And I'm super stoked that we've been given an exclusive killer discount just for Fire and Soul community at more than 50% off. So you can pick this up for 97 bucks instead of the $222 that it would normally retail for. Give yourself this gift, get out of that trap and get back into alignment directly from source. If this has piqued your curiosity at all, I'm going to highly encourage you to head on over to my website to enroll today. michelle-sorrow.com forward slash true wealth. Enjoy. My experience of radiance is loss. Mm. And so, wow, I thought that relationship made me great. I thought that purse was going to make me more value. Like, can't you see, like, I've worked hard. Look at this purse, um, that house, those likes, that approval. And this can get so nuanced and deep. Like mm -hmm. I, I, uh, you know, we really want approval from approval from the divine, right? Like on some level I'm playing for God, you know, yeah. and <clears throat> I think we all know, I mean, everybody listening now, don't you know somebody who got fired or got betrayed or got through the other side of a diagnosis mm. or had some kind of cancel experience or some kind of public humiliation mm -hmm. and they were just so lovely after mm. that? <laughs> That's <laughs> radiance. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I've oh, no more masks. All of those in the past, you know, many years. Mm. Um, and, uh, I don't know if I occur loving all the time, but I know I'm better than I was, you know, and that's all I can hope for and pray for every day. And what you talked about earlier about, you know, we're all like seeking the divine. I feel like for me, it's like this reconciliation of my soul longs to be home and definitely have these thoughts of this is tough. This is tough to be here on this planet at this time. And then I have to remember I chose this, you know? And so the reconciliation for me is just continuing to surrender to the divine. And what I find, and this is where I, I was really hoping to go with you. So we're beautifully going this way is that the more that I truly surrender and I don't get it all perfect, I still have no idea how to show up on social, not a freaking clue. Um, but I just keep figuring a little bit out, right? A little bit here and there, but it's, it's, this is no longer my will. And I'll give you an example. I thought these last two and a half years was that I was supposed to be like in the midst of the dark night, some sort of an awakening, which I learned from Ajashanti. There's all these different types and there's dynamics and context and texture inside different awakenings. And how does anyone have it cornered? No one does because it's your own unique awakening. And I didn't even know I was in one for about a year and a half, right? I just thought I was having a psychotic break, all of that, uh, all of that. And so it's, it's, I thought I was supposed to be a spiritual teacher. Mm. I thought that's what, that's what it was all about. And and it was only actually only about a month ago where I got this very clear knowing that, no, that is not your path. You've been given these gifts. They're your gifts. They're, you, you know, been bestowed to you. Everything is spiritual, Michelle. Let's be clear. And so go and own your gifts. You've dismissed and denied them because I didn't think they were spiritual. Does that um, make sense? So what gifts are you owning that you thought weren't spiritual? Yeah, I'm a, I am a natural born communicator, articulator. Like I help a lot of people activate their gifts, you know? So I've helped a lot of people make a really beautiful, genuine, authentic impact online through my $222 million of live sales experience. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to own that. It was like, ew, it just felt so off brand of whatever the brand was of the awakening makes sense. It was like so confusing in there. And I've helped a lot of people over 200 students go through our podcast accelerator experience, share their voice, their vision, their message. And I basically was kind of like, yeah, I'm probably going to like, you know, that's, that's leaving. I'm going to just do the spiritual. That's what I'm talking about. And yeah. it was realizing I've helped a lot of not helped. I have been a wonderful guide in my own power, because that stuff comes so naturally to me. It doesn't come as naturally for others, right? And so, and that is where I feel most alive, most activated, like my soul feels sparkly. And it's not ego. I'm able to discern. I'm like, and then, and then now I'm just weaving all the consciousness, the spirituality that was always there. I've been a lifelong student of this. It just has a different dimension these days. Does that resonate for you with what you went through five, six years ago when you were experiencing the beginning of the dark night? And, you know, it's not like you just suddenly paradigm shift. It's there's a deeper uh -huh. meaning. Yes. This is what I learned about the dark night is that there is there are some hallmark characteristics to it. Mm -hmm. Like I thought divorce, miscarriage, those life challenging things were uh, dark nights. No, actually they weren't. <laughs> those were challenging, agonizing, transformative things. This is what I learned. 
Dark Knight of Soul is characterized by a huge dissolution of the ego. Yes. You do not know who you are going to be on the other side. Yes. And so people question all of their beliefs and their sexuality and their religion. And when I went through my night, I was just like, am I going to, well, I had a lot, I had some suicidal ideation. Same. There was that, Mm -hmm. uh, that was very influenced by hormonal imbalance. And Mm -hmm. I had to get that, I had to get the physical stuff in check and I could think more clearly. Um, so ladies, like depending where you are, I hear that I hear it in the like late forties, fifties, just like, I'm thinking about all these dark things. I'm just like, yeah, you need to get your lab work done and we fix the brain first. And then you have the resources to deal more easily with the spiritual stuff, the real stuff. Um, so there's a deep questioning and there's a, I don't know if I'm going to work after this. I don't know if I'm going to live in this neighborhood. I don't know if we're still going to be married. I don't know if I'm going to, you don't know. And it's very discombobulating Mm -hmm. and you don't know how long this is going to last. Am I going to be in this for five years? Am I, is this six months? I remember standing, I went and did a three, four ish day intensive with my psychotherapist. We're doing a bunch of EMDR working on some trauma stuff. And I remember standing in the kitchen with her and holding both of her hands. I was bawling my eyes out for four days. And I just like, how long is this going to last? Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's the real deal. So she's not going to say, oh, no time at all. But she also wants to give me some comfort in that moment. Mm-hmm. And she just said, Danielle, this is what we know about you. You burn through things quickly. Mm. So there's that. And I think we could do this in under a year maybe six, six months, things are going to look really different. And I just like, I'm going to go with that. And yeah. And I would, I mean, I remember one of my darkest points, I was standing, I was staying at a Christian retreat center because I could get in and it was very monastic. You know, I love all that stuff. I just really just, I'm part nun. Yeah. <laughs> I just went out, I would go out into the woods at night Mm. and just lie on the ground and just pour my pain, literally have the soil, the moss, Mm -hmm. soak up my tears and just beg for the mother. Mm. Just like, you're you're big, you're large, you house billions of people. Could you just take my pain? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm, Beautiful. That was me in the moon every night for nine months and my 10 months in my mom's backyard when I left Santa Monica, everything was in disillusion. And for me, it wasn't the hormones as much because I had thankfully gotten those regulated a few years earlier, but it was the alcohol and then the cigarettes. Um, and I didn't know how much that was interfering with me just being able to like be in my body fully embodied. Right. Which of course, looking back, it's obvious, but so I quit everything cold Turkey, including any sort of TV for me or news, right? Cause mine was spawned during the lockdowns. Um, someone opened the red pill door, you know, at a fancy business mastermind in Sedona, Arizona, the best place for it to happen. I didn't know her. I don't know her since she opened the door. I was ready. It was time for my soul to go through this experience. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, yeah, it was rough, 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 totally surrendered. And I, I didn't, I didn't work. I didn't know how to drive a car. It was, I didn't know who I was. Um, 
I still am just beginning to shape, right? Or it's being revealed. But mm. what spawned yours if if there was anything? It was a series of things. Um, so there was the hormonal imbalance that was a result of overwork. So my cortisol levels were so out of whack. Mm. I had adrenal fatigue. Mm -hmm. I also had on and off as it goes, Epstein-Barr virus. So I would have flare-ups of that. And then the body is just, it's just hard. It's like, there were some nights I just thought, I'm going to sleep in the living room because I can't walk upstairs to my bedroom. So there was the, all the health, yeah. actual physical challenge, and then the mental stress of the health stuff. Yeah. And then I had a very public, extensive cancel culture experience situation. I was really kind of in our space, one of the first to kind of go through that wall and, you know, lots of beautiful learning and all of that, but you can hear like the stress building up. And then there was a romance that was like this, just such a mind fuck, really. There's no other way to put it. It would just, um, so confusing. It was so confusing. Well, of course it would be confusing. Yeah. It would have been confusing even if you were clear that kind of a relationship. But you <laughs> That's right. That's right. And Animal I looked fairness. all shiny and it just had, this is, you know, I, and I remember my, my shrink, Anne saying to me afterwards, she's like, yeah, you know, you showed me that photo of him and what he did for, told me what he did for a living. And I thought, uh oh, here we go. Because yeah. it looked amazing. And I'm sure it felt amazing. <laughs> yeah. And it was actually so super damaging. Mm. I mean, I repaired and all that stuff, but it was just so not okay. <laughs> so there was that. Mm -hmm. And then um, it was just time. Like those circumstances added up to the dam bursting, yeah. but it needed to happen anyway. If I didn't have those things, something else would have come. It would have been some kind of health challenge or something, mm -hmm. you know? And for me, it was, I'd say three months of pure, absolute hell mm -hmm. and six months of hellish mm -hmm. and about a year of what the fuck. And I came out the other side and mm. I was more, I was less the small me yeah. and I was more the true me closer to my higher self. Mm. I realized all the things that got me through all the practices were the things that I should be doing on a daily basis. Like this is <laughs> the, thing. the crises practices are great things to just do a little bit of every day. You meditate, you go breathe fresh air you reach out to people who love you, you check on people, you do loving things. And, you know, I was just running a, I did a class this morning with my heart centered people, my membership. And um, one of the questions I asked them was what's one thing you're withholding from yourself and others. Mm. And everybody answers it personally. And then we kind of do a group thing. Like anybody want to share? And what I'm withholding from myself is Shavasana. <laughs> <laughs> like, go relate like why would I withhold that from myself that's my favorite thing I so that is what I learned in the depths I was so messed up mm. I was dying and uh the best thing for me was I just lay down on my living room floor mm. and do nothing 
That's Shavasana, by the way. Receive, just yeah. receive. I, and know that you're being held by the Divine Mother, you know? That for me is is the sort of finishing touch on that. And um, that's a really powerful question. I love that. Sounds like it was about nine, well, nine months of hell, almost hell, and then a year of like, what the heck? And then what? Because what I know for sure right now is not only is there a lot of death energy, which is really transformational. Thank God for Ram Dass getting us present to the death conversation, the death transmutation, right? After death, rebirth. And I'm experiencing that almost on a daily, truly. Um, but it's this, this uh, frequency of... Let me trace my thought again, because a lot just wanted to come through because I got Ramdas in my head all of a sudden, but I was talking about, um, you were going to like, what, what's, what now I think is where we were going. Like what's on the other side. Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. That good friend. Um, and it's a lot of people are, are going through this awakening. They really are. They may not even be fully aware of it because that, that term, I think on some level needs to be normalized not losing the reverence, but there, there's a lot of it happening right now, right? And so what I like to share with anyone, because I tend to draw people who are whatever, questioning it in it, you can tell if someone's really in it by some of the things they say. But I don't want to, I don't want to judge anyone's perception either. So it's like just trust. The clarity will come. It's been over two plus years for me. The clarity's just beginning to show up. And so when did that shift? Or how did that shift begin to reveal? We're like, okay, or, you know, like, I'm going to be all right. I can write again. I can teach again. I can grow again. I can love again. Mm -hmm. I can take Shavasana again. <laughs> so much light is coming into to the cleansing and the darkness will rile against that. Yeah. Holds on. It holds. Well, it doesn't want the shine, the real radiance to happen. And so we spar a bit with the characters the dark characters oh my Until God. you get to the other side and you're just like i'm light i'm full i got so much love running through my system and we attract way more of that yeah yeah so true i mean in that moment i i uh, it was a couple a couple months later um there was still such a resonance for the dark for the fear it was really the fear i had no idea mm -hmm. how much anxiety was running my whole life Mm -hmm. um, that was a deep, deep, beautiful offering that I had revealed through my divine team at my altar. So one of the gifts also of the past two and a half years is letting go of the TV, replacing it with a beautiful sacred altar and really doing the work. And I get beckoned. I don't just go. It cannot feel like a mandate. It's like, I know when I'm beckoned and I know it's time to clean or to clear, to commune, right? And I know you're smiling because I, I, I know that you get the gift of, of the sacred altar. So as we begin to wrap, because I want to keep you on time, my friend, is there any ritual or practice around sacred altar? Because a lot of my listeners are beginning to work with their sacred altar. Anything that you've found that's been beneficial for the masses that are maybe just beginning to, to listen at their altar? Oh, I have so much to say about altars. Oh, good. You mean actual altars, right? Altars. You're not talking altars. about a metaphor. Okay. No, actual physical altar. Okay. Uh, here's one layer of this. When I was in my dark place, uh, my psychotherapist was like, you need to put life affirming things on your altar. Mm -hmm. And I put images of spring and more flat. Like I just loaded that up. It was just plentiful. I had dolls. I had images of me as a child. I started 
um, I had, um, you know, a little Danielle on my screensaver, on my phone saver, those kind of things. So there, there was that. Okay. We have something, we have a practice in our membership community. I have, I have a thing, I have an offering called heart centered altar. And here's the basics of an altar. Mm. There's two kinds of altars. One, there's an altar that you set up that is meant to serve as like this acupuncture point on the planet. It's, it's for you. It's for others. It's not just like a little wishing. Well, it's not a, it's, there's nothing cute about like, Oh, I'm just going to put on these fun photos of Virgin Mary and, you know, and my dog. Okay. Although those are sweet. Those are sweet things to have those little visual vignettes throughout your home. Cause you look at the Virgin Mary and you look at the dog and you go love, 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 love. Okay. But we're talking, let's go for real here. So, uh, there's this kind of altar, which I'll, I'll give you some more, some ideas about how we build it. And then there are actual consecrated altars where you're working with an energy healer or, um, you know, a really kind um, of masterful being and they bless it up and it really does become its own little power center yeah okay yeah totally and then it really extra matters what you put on but here's the, the fundamentals of what we call the heart-centered altar um the here are the do nots you do not put your altar in the bedroom you do not put your altar in the bathroom um why not the bedroom because it's a place for astral energy you sleep and Good things and not so good things are coming in and out of your consciousness when you're sleeping. It's a place for sex. Sex is holy, but not all. We, we just don't want the altar in the bedroom. Bathroom, obviously not the most sacred place. Now, lots of people say, I live in a small house. I'm doing a trailer. What can I do? Well, then you just do it wherever you got it because it's intention is going to trump all this. Um, ideally, you're going to have all of the elements on your altar. You're going to have some earth, some water element, some fire element, and some air element. So a cup of soil, a plant, flowers, a vessel of water, some incense. If you, I've had all the questions about altars, so I can say, so what if you are sensitive to incense? We'll just have it as a representation. Yes. And then you put on all your sacred things. You put on your deities and your photo of your dog and the people you want to bless and your sacred Buddhist whatever has meaning for you. Mm -hmm. And then you don't mess with it. Mm. You leave your altar. So you want to tend to your altar every week. So I dust my altar. I put on new flowers. I might put on a new candle. Mm -hmm. It's a living organism. Yes. But don't keep adding to the mix. We refresh our, if you want to take something off, like, okay, I manifest, I manifested this, or I don't relate to this anymore. I got it covered. I'm going to remove this, or I'm going to add something that's about a new prayer. You do that on um, solstices and equinoxes and new moons mm -hmm. when the planets are in your favor to really vivify and like pump up that energy. Mm -hmm. Like you work with it. So I don't mess around. Like I'm, I mean, business with my altar. And then here's two more things. Um, my altar isn't a place in my home. Nobody knows where it is. I mean, my son knows and my man knows, but it's, um, it's veiled. It's hidden. You can put your altar in a closet. You could put your altar in a cupboard. Mm -hmm. It's altars are not about showing off. If you have it in your living room, cause that's the best direction. Mm -hmm. Great. We don't need to draw attention to it. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I would not recommend photographing your altar and splashing it all over social media. You get people projecting their energy on it. Just don't. It's a really sacred, quiet thing. Yeah, I totally agree. By the way, I've learned so much of that and some other things too from you. Um, and that was the basis. That was the foundation for me understanding how to put an altar together. Um, and mine is in my living room, but I live alone and I don't really have anyone over. That's just the way I really love it. So it's me and my fur fam. Um, it faced the East. We've done, there's been some profound, sober shamanic journeys. Sometimes mm. I'll be back into my altar at 1 a.m. And I, I don't go to bed late. 10 p.m. is usually my time. And sometimes I'll be awakened and it's time to go and clean. And I'll be like, I'm, I, I, I thought I was good. Like, I'm like patting myself down. Like, I'm good. Like, I don't know of a relationship. I don't know of a thought or a past moment. And then, and then 20 minutes in. I'm sobbing and cleansing and clearing something. And it's just so sacred. So I'm with you on this is business. And -hmm. it feels like to me, the ultimate way to fully surrender. I mean, there's there's a lot of different ways, nature, there's so many different ways, but for me, it's, it's, it's my surrender to the divine, right? It's how I'm able to hear. And then I'm also finding lately, my team likes to give me ideas also like simplicity, like, what about that? If I, I was like, mm, not sure exactly how to navigate that or birth that. And I will suddenly get ideas, not always, but it's just, I never know what's going to happen. And it's, it's a delight and it's, it's deep reverence for the altar yeah. mm-hmm. and for our ability to connect and to commune with the divine, which makes this time not so scary. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for your time. Um, I'd love to know what you would like to share. What, what can my listeners know that you've got going on where they might want to come over and enjoy mm. this beautiful vibe? Well, I just burned down my business in the last. Yeah, um, so blew it up girl. It's pretty amazing. It's different, yeah. Uh, I reinvented everything in about yeah three or four months. Yeah. Um, there's I'm lots of to the studs. I want to be clear on that too, to the studs, to the studs. Yeah. most yeah. offerings, uh, agents, publisher, right? Like everything. I'm just like, I'm watching you. I'm like, go Danielle. That's what's on the other side of being willing to face off with the deepest fears. Yeah. 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 It's not, um, placid. <laughs> yeah yeah and i i don't know who i'm gonna be six months from now like everything i've just put into place it's gotta work (laughs) i honor you deeply it's gonna work well it's it's every i mean really i know we say this but really truly it's it's in divine order yeah what i love about what you wrote recently in 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 one of your books was you know if that meant i'd live live on ramen i live on ramen right like i did it (laughs) i can do it again and and i so related when i was like i haven't made a dollar in nine months and and then what i'm trying to do is not working which by the way i just discovered a month ago i'm like get back into your gifts you know it's like and and i don't know what's gonna happen there but it's like a complete surrender over and over but that's what so many are going through where we're on this authentic path of like being willing being willing to burn it all down. So yes, please share. I interrupted. Um, well, I'm doing a heart centered mastermind. Like I dissolved, I had a licensing model and I've done away with it. I didn't feel heart centered anymore. Out of that is this whole leadership curriculum and a mastermind that we're going to be doing. That's about being a more heart centered leader. And I'm super in love with all of my members in the heart centered mm. membership. Mm. And yeah come on over 
Okay. When does the ma- is the mastermind open or will it be October? Open? Oh, wow. It just, the page is up now. Okay, I, great. I will be sure to link that in the show notes because this is going to come out next week. I'm so excited. Oh, oh, cool. My friend, I'm so excited for you. I know we've only met in person once, but I just feel like oh. a light knows a light. Yeah. I'm like, I just, I love you. I'm I'm, I'm honoring deeply your path on every level. Thank you for leading the way with such authenticity and transparency and fucking courage. I never use the F word hardly ever these days, but that, that deserved an F word right there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Have a beautiful rest of your day. I love you. I love you. Bye honey. Thank you for listening to fire and soul. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. And if you'd like to connect on social, you can find me anywhere at Michelle Sorrow. Or if you'd like to reach out to me directly, you can at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.